It's been a while. Close enough. Knock the microphone, put it back down. What other start could we expect, huh? Hello. Yes. Yes, it's me. If I haven't lost you after months and months of absence, it is me. It's Christopher. The time. You have to know the time of recording. It's it's 7.20 p.m. What is it? What does it say? Russell my love. Russell I can't read my watch. It's too small. It's Friday, the 4th, I think, of February 2022. 2022. Man has been overthrown. They shall be our slaves. They are a lower form of life. We are English aristocratic aliens. That's what we are depicted as. We have high collars and widow's peaked haircuts. And silver jumpsuits for the workers. You shall be put into the mines, lesser being. We are the Garzenthemians. Curse you, Garzenthemians! You wish to enslave this planet? You'll have to kill me! Does anybody see? Where he went. No. That's right, because he was vaporized. And his past was also erased from time. Our beams do that. They do two things. I don't remember who he was, do you? What just happened? You'd better fall in How did we come onto this? I don't know. This is not good. <laughs> you know what? Just don't judge it. Don't judge it. This is how this is how you why you walked away in the first place. This is why you walked away from an unlucrative career as a podcaster in the first place. You know this podcast makes over seven dollars a month on Patreon? Isn't that pretty cool? That just rolls in. Every month I can just get a pizza out of thin air. Just Pizza. It's great. Make it help help make it two pizzas a month. With any luck. I'll be buying all my junk food through uh, this podcast. Go, f- f- let's go to Patreon and search up whatever with Christopher. One word, and I'm sure you'll find me. It's the stripy-looking podcast that looks like it was assembled by my mother, who still uses Facebook. You know what I mean. Anyway, um, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm sorry that I was away for so long. Thanks for coming back. I've probably texted you each and every one of you, and and kind of begged you to come back and listen. Please. Please come back. I'll do it. I promise I won't stop again. I'll never stop. I'll just keep producing forever. I won't stop. I'll do my duty. I'll continue to podcast. (laughs) God save me. That's a good coffee. I mean whiskey. I'm hardcore. Um... Yeah, I think I I lost I lost track of um I lost track of the joy of podcasting. And so I walked away for a bit. Some say way too long. Uh yeah, it has been a couple of months at least. Jeez. 
homeboy may have walked away from everything that he ever got good at. So, um, you know, that's on brand for me. Um, but after a lot of thinking and a lot of comments from people I know, it seems like my life may be better with this podcast in it or a bit more worthwhile. I don't know. Everyone's been so encouraging. So I hope you find this. Anyway, what can we talk about today? <laughs> Let's not talk about podcasting. Anyway, um, I went on holiday from my cog job. I walked away from the, the toy shop and um, flew to Darwin. That's the top of Australia. It's very far away. Australia is a giant desert surrounded by forests and beach. I flew over that desert and went to the top bit, which is leafy and scrubby, and it's called Darwin. The Japanese bombed the shit out of it during World War II a hundred times, and I was very interested in this. So I went to a war museum and uh, saw they had a great collection of guns and tanks, old jeeps with trees growing out of the middle of them. Pretty, pretty cool display. I went to a crocodile, all the crocodiles, by the way, in Australia. Even, even some of you Australians might not know this, but all the crocodiles are up north. You don't find them down south. They're up there, up where it's warm. I went up there, I fed. I fed one of these leviathans. I fed them. Um, being, being so close to actually large crocodiles is something. They, they're, uh, they're just sort of, I feel like as a life form, they're just barely above... Barely above Venus flytrap. Just something wanders along and they sort of... Just sort of close their jaw and retreat into the water. They're like, oh, food in mouth. Go to what place? Consume. Apparently the females have a brain the size of a peanut. The males have a brain the size of a walnut. Yeah, well, we do more with it. All right, I'm sorry, my queen. You do you do more with it. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but... Um, does that actually make male crocodiles smarter than female crocodiles? What's, what's the extra brains... What's all that extra real estate? You know, all those extra half peanuts worth of real estate. The males have a, the size of a walnut, by the way, a walnut. What do all those extra um, fractions of peanuts do for the male crocodile? Is it just for fighting? I'm sure the females do that too. I'm not, I'm sure, I, female crocodiles don't just sit back and shake their heads at the males and knit. Knit little jumpers for their crocodile offspring. <sighs> Men. <laughs> no, I think they're just sitting there in the, in the water, just the same as the male ones, going... <laughs> That's the sound of death. That's the sound of death. Grabbing onto you, just, <laughs> just that jaw coming down. Yeah, I got to feed one of these. They just sit there. They have they they have no concept of happiness or sadness. They just sit there in a four by four meter pen, half filled with slimy green water. They don't even care if they have eyes or limbs. They're just sitting there, looking like logs, like in like in cartoons. It's true. They do look like, like big stupid logs. Hey, I'll grab a hold of that log so I can take a rest. Wasted. 
um, they just sit there and they they detect, they smell the meat that you hang above them on a fishing line. The meat sends a single droplet of water into the water that the crocodile's sitting in. And the crocodile knows. It's like... It knows. It knows. It can... It can with that, even with that tiny brain, it can figure out where the meat is in the air. It's, it's got like GPS for meat. Some of these crocodiles had no eyeballs. Not kidding. They fight each other. They lose one eyeball. And they're like, oh, that sucked. Then they go back to fighting, lose that other eyeball. They're like, ah, who needs these? They live for another 50 years. Apparently these things can live to 100. Just blind. Crocodiles are full of hate, man. No. No, they're simpler than that. They're just Venus flytraps with legs. That's it. Just closing in. And they, when they were, they, they know where that chicken is. That piece of raw chicken up above. They lean back on their tail and shift all their organs inside their body, apparently. Disgusting! And they just rise right into the air. They just take off. I'm not sure on what. I think they have little rocket butts that shoot water. I don't know. They're using their tail or something. They just rise out of the water like they're on spring wards. And they just... And then they go down again. And that's it. And then they just swallow it or whatever and digest it. Crocodiles. Monsters. It was cool. It was cool going to see them. Um, the uh, the zookeeper had his classic like zookeeper spiel. This guy was like, I don't know, like right around twenty, you know, less, more, just a kid. But he's he's already got the zookeeper brain where he's just saying things. He's just rattling off mildly entertaining stats. He's not really aware that anyone's there. He's just saying them. He's like, so this is Kaku. She's a 71-year-old blind crocodile, and she likes chicken. So what she's doing right now, she's smelling the air. She's looking for that chicken. And, uh, you know, if anyone's waving their hats over at the same time, you know, you're going to lose your hat. So that would be unfortunate. Anyway, uh, she's been here with us about two years. <laughs> just, just going like that. Sometimes with un- unenthusiastic. Just... Like the like the attendants that that walk you through the um, the lethal weapon ride. How do they how do they talk? And they got to be in character. They're like, all right, all right. The little movie finishes at, before you go on the roller coaster to, and it's just an elaborate method to to keep the queue short and to keep you entertained on a long queue for a great roller coaster. It's like Batman or something, right? It's ba- Let's do the Batman one. And uh, the guy, some teenager. <laughs> With a polo shirt comes in with a torch. All right, cadets, Gordon's gone dark. Looks like we'll have to take care of this ourselves. Batman needs our help. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Just a hundred times a day. Ugh, I hope the pay is good. Ugh. That's what isn't that what what purgatory is like or hell? It's just repeating the same play over and over again. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to get anyone over seventeen to do that job. Um, ah. Yeah, what was he doing? He was joking. So a few people think it's funny to put their a few people think it's funny to put their hats over the, the rail, and a few people lost their hats in the process. So it's not a good day, guys. Anyway, let's move on to the next pen. This is Sasha, our four meter long uh, saltwater croc, and uh, she's a bit hungry, but uh, she's she's not getting any males here, and she's basically the uh, 
the crocodile version of horny right now, so she's looking for a bull, but we're not going to give her that, are we? Because then a bunch of crocodile babies run around, it's not a good day. Wandering dangerously close to that South Park bit. You're going to have a bad time. Pizza, french fry. <laughs> they nailed it 20 years ago, so, you know, let's not step on that. How good South Park? I know. You all agree how good it is. Great. I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you all think South Park's so great, because I do. No one dislikes it. You don't. You like it. You watch it every night, just like I do. Thanks. Isn't it wonderful having a bunch of people listening to your show? They don't talk back. They don't disagree with you. It's a bit like being a tyrant of a father. <laughs> with, with your clinkly glass of whiskey, just in your hand permanently after work. One of your shirt tails is just falling out of your pants. Long day at work, your sleeves are rolled up. The sweat on your hair is starting to lose its shape. You just <laughs> you're like you're like that guy in that movie Boyhood. You're just like anyone else? Anyone else think what I'm doing is mean? Didn't think so. You know what? I think we should go for a little drive. I think we should go for a little drive and see where doing what Mason did gets you. Great. I'm glad you all agree. Get in the car. And then everyone's just scared and crying to themselves. There's one in the back just... And he's just up there blinking. Just like... Shut up! <laughs> That's what I am. I'm a drunk, mean dad. A stepdad. And I can just say whatever I want. This is getting weird and dark. I should have called this podcast Weird and Dark. Rather than whatever with Christopher. There's the station identifier. How far are we in? 15 minutes? There you go. Ooh. <sighs> Yummy coffee. You know, I don't have any uh, listener mail for you. I don't have any... I've, I've kind of lost my segments a bit because uh, I haven't been doing this for a while. Apparently I'm going to keep doing it. Welcome back. Um... But I, I'll tell you what, I have a couple. I have a couple I've been holding since uh, since I stopped. Since I took a break. We were on a break. Alright, look. Dig it. You know how uh, car companies use crash test dummies? Didn't think so. No, alright. Um, this is what happened. This is what happened, okay? So you've seen you've seen the footage. They take a perfectly good car and they put some crash test dummies inside it and then they crash it into a big piece of concrete or something, right? And then they show you in slow motion. With the slow motion music. At Vo they get some guy with a vaguely Swedish accent. At Volvo. We are committed to the highest. This, I sound like a, like cartoon Japanese. At the Volvo. We are committed. We are committed to, to providing the most favorable crash test results. Safety is our number one priority for you and your family. Volvo, proudly Japanese, since the fall of the Emperor Hirohito. Um, okay. In actual fact, how do you do a old? How do you do a, a voiceover Swedish accent? Out of Volvo. <laughs> It all sounds the same. At, at Volvo, we are committed 
That's better. That's better. At Volvo, your safety is number one priority. After all, how can you enjoy a drive along the snow or the frozen lake without your head attached to your body? You would be dead and you would not enjoy a motor car. So, priority, staying alive, number one. Two, enjoying your drive. So at Volvo, we crash 16 times as many cars as the leading competitor to ensure the safest Volvo. Volvo, our cars are sexless, but you're alive to enjoy that. I guess a safe car doesn't have to... It's, it's, a, it's respectable looking. A Volvo. It's a respectable looking car, but it's... Most of them aren't going to win any beauty competitions, are they? But I guess it says that you care about your family's safety. What about the safety of your mistress? <laughs> when, you, when you say you've got one of those work retreats, but you're really going to pick up your secretary. What year is it? It's 1962. A two-car household, a garage for both. A car is the American dream. And a mistress in every port. Sure, you, you promised fidelity to your wife, but you've got plenty of work conferences you can make up. After all, it's 1956, and people are always traveling around to learn things about their jobs. Your mistress, should you crash your Ford automobile in the year 1956, your mistress will exit the window here. <laughs> Most likely through it. Glass will cut her here, and here in her stockings, covering her legs. The stockings will provide minimal crash damage. Lacerations are frequent. You have to go explaining how she got mangled when you both appear at the hospital and your wife picks you up in a second car. The Ford Edsel. <laughs> Discovering individuality. Since since the, the, the war ended, I suppose. I'll never forget that war. I lost so many friends. Forward! Forward. You don't have to fight anymore. <laughs> Just traumatized. Voice over guy. <sighs> okay. So, you know... <laughs> Let's get back to the point. Huh? Back to the point. So, you know how cars have crash test dummies? They take a perfectly good car and they crash it into a piece of concrete and the dummies bounce around and they take readings and watch the footage and they figure out how to make the car safer. Well, guess what? What they don't show you is sometimes they use human bodies. Dead human bodies. Hopefully. Hopefully dead human bodies to test those cars. This happens. I, I'm, I'm looking it up, and I'm finding the same article, just on different websites. Lazy, lazy journalism. Lazy. But anyway, let's go to uh, a popular one. At Wired Magazine. <clears throat> How cadavers make your car safer? When, automo when automakers and safety advocates show off the results of their crash tests, they inevitably feature videos of their cars crashing into things, with or without dummies aboard. Back in the 1980s, federal safety regulators even turned a pair of crash test dummies into the Stars ad campaign. What the industry doesn't like talking. Oh. Well, it just ends. It's one of those things I don't understand. 
Well, let's just finish it for them. What the industry doesn't like talking about is how it uses dead bodies to also crash test their cars. And I scroll down, and I see a picture of what can only be described as a human body strapped to a very poorly made car seat. It just... just strapped in there. It's like they snuck in and took this picture. It's... It's spookier because you don't see much. You know, it's not just a human body just slumped over. Blah, I'm dead. No, it's, uh... Okay. The dead body is propped up in the chair like it's awake. Okay? It's sitting alertly looking. It's dressed like Steve Jobs. It might be Steve Jobs' body. It's possible that he donated his body to uh, automakers. Because it's dressed like him. It's wearing a, a sort of a black turtleneck. And then sort of, you know, like all the way up to the wrists. The black the black turtleneck thing. It's got basically a sack over its head with a red X drawn where the mouth should be. Ooh. And then uh, a strap over the forehead is holding the head to the back of the chair. The neckline... <laughs> the neckline around the Steve Jobs turtleneck is pretty loose. And you can see some very deep-coloured, discoloured flesh just poking out. You can tell this body isn't healthy. It's, in fact, dead. It's strapped in with a seatbelt. It's duct-taped at various points around the arms to planks of wood to keep the arms straight, I guess. And the hands end in little sacks, individual sacks that are tied off at the ends. It kind of looks like he had his hands amputated. And then they try to tie it off. And then the legs are just in uh, studio tights, basically. Just, what do you call them? Studio tights? What's that? Like dancer's tights? You know, like just very very form-fitting black material. You can see that this person had some good calves. Just sitting there. Again, it's, it's what you don't see that's disturbing. Um... Cadavers have been essential to making driver driving safer since the 1930s. When researchers at Wayne State University threw a body down an elevator shaft to determine the forces it could endure, every part of a car touching on safety from steering columns and laminating windshields to side impact air, airbags drew on tests with cadavers to ensure they work. Hmm. Even, the, even new Ford cars... The 2011 Explorer with inflatable rear seat belts. Providing five times the protection of a conventional seatbelt. Human cadavers played a role in their development. It's still very important, said Priya Prasad, a former top safety researcher at Ford. Former. She was fucking the bodies. <laughs> Left and right. I said, those are for crashing, and she just laughed. She just laughed and didn't get off the chair. Um, so, uh... Yeah, that's, uh... Oh, there's another... Oh my god, there's another one. This time he has the Steve Jobs, um... Turtleneck done right up. That looks much better, and the sack is less discolored on the over the face. It kind of looks like someone... Like a hostage video. Like, who said that? Who said it? Um, anyway. That's, uh, that's pretty creepy. 
Imagine them just sitting back in the, in the corner of the big lab room, just taking notes. You know, like, shit, it moved. I, sw I swear to God, it moved! You're not seeing it? Oh, you all want to see it? There's something wrong with these bodies, man. I quit. I'm not going to be the top safety person anymore. It'd be so creepy. <sighs> anyway, oh, you know, you know. Also, um, they were testing um on that. They were also testing. They've been testing the idea of driverless vehicles. So they had, <laughs> I, I guess driverless vehicles can't just go everywhere just yet. But what they're doing is they're um. Somehow they're testing people's reactions to a, a, a car without a person in it. And so they get they they get a man dressed as a driver's car seat and he drives the car. But he's he's dressed like the seat and he's sitting down low. You get it? <laughs> so um he's just driving around all the time just collecting data somehow. Um it's, but I, I just had this image of um, him at the end of the day, just parking up somewhere, somewhere urban, late at night. Just the shift is ending. Just, just put on the parking brake, and then he's all tired. And he just sits in there for a second in his car. He's at his house, and then he's like, okay. And he he opens the door, and just gets out. Gets out of the car. The seat. The seat of the car gets out of the car. And this man dressed as a seat. Kind of like autobotting into a man. Uh, walks into the front door of his house. And he's like, hey Jessica, I'm home. She's like, how was work? And he was like, hot. I feel like no one sees me there. <laughs> he's dressed like a chair and he's just like. I don't want to talk about it, Jessica. Today was really stressful for me. <laughs> He's dressed like a chair. Anyway. Maybe this... I, I think I'm starting to remember why I stopped podcasting. Because I suck at it! I need help. I need backup. I need a, I need a captive audience. Doing this alone is hard... Anyway. Oh, man. Did I talk about these prawn chips that I had? Ugh. They're like rice crackers. Right? I, I tried some foods at my work. I bought them because I don't get them for free. I get a discount. But I bought them and I opened them. And as soon as I opened these prawn chips, ugh, they had they had that pet pet shop smell. West End Girls. Ba -bum -ba -bum. Not the pet shop, boys. Pet shop smell. Ah. East End Boys and West End Girls. West End Girls. How much that that song sounds so much like uh like a demo on a Casio keyboard, like a music keyboard. 
I can just imagine hitting play on that. Just... <sighs> it does. Um, I grew up with uh, early 90s and 80s keyboards lying around um, because I'm a product of almost the 80s. I'm a product of 1990. I brought it. I came in at the dawn of the '90s. I remember vaguely, very bright and very high-waisted jeans, bright blues, blue as the sky, Jimmy, being worn on people. And I have lived, fortunately enough, I have lived to see that day again. Now every chica is we- is wearing high-waisted, bright blue jeans, as blue as the sky, Jimmy. Again, and I tell you, they look fantastic. After it, we had, we had to get away from it for a while because it was a bit of a den and nightmare there for a while, along with the poofy poodle haircuts and the big hoopy earrings with parrots on the ends and stuff. But we came back, and I'm liking it. It really shows off a gal's figure, and I think some men are pulling it off too. Um, hmm. Gay guys wearing Daisy Dukes. Um, I'm never going to get over with. Well, I don't know. Maybe I say that now, but maybe it'll become cool to my eyes too. That's that's a hard one to watch. Just seeing like, just man legs popping out of some very ass inflating uh, blue jeans on a guy. Just just all that hair and that's not the thing I like. Put it away. It's not for me. It's just not for me. It's literally not for me. It's not for my eyes. <laughs> so this isn't a complaint. All right, it's just an observation. I'm scared. I'm not in my time. I'm only 31, and already I'm feeling like an old man. Who can relate? My hand's right up there. Got to rejoin society at some point, but I guess it's on hold until uh, we can sort this, um, this damn virus out. Anyway. Um, what was I talking about? Jeans? How did I get onto that? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't know. Do I even care? I don't really. You know, um, if you want to interact with me some and have me do some shit, uh, email me at whateverwithchristopher at gmail.com. I'm going to have to change that email address at some point. I'm trying to get off Google. Because they're like spying on everyone, and that's like not cool. I gotta talk upwards, and then I gotta talk up again, and then I gotta talk down to make my point. Uh huh. Literally. Um. Yeah. Anyway, it's whatever with Christopher at gmail dot com. Christopher spelt in the Catholic way. Okay. C H R A S T O P H E R. Whatever with Christopher at gmail dot com. Send me an email. Say something like, oh, glad you're back in the saddle, mate. You had me going there for a couple months. Quite honestly, I found other podcasts to listen to. Anyway, hope you find your dreams. Adios. Send me something like that. Or something completely different. Okay? Anyway, um, look, let's just call that a tentative start. What's that, 30 minutes? Okay. Podcasting is hard. You know what? I need help. Send Email me. Email me as to how the hell I can make this better and easier over a long period of time. Because 
I'm here doing it again, and I must be doing it for a reason. Uh, okay. <laughs> Gosh. All right, that'll conclude whatever with Christopher this episode. You know, it was interesting. It was fun, even. Dare I say it. And now I'm going to rack my brains over the next couple of days, or one day, whatever. And um, kind of freak out about what to talk about next. Where's my... See, I'm, I'm rusty. I didn't, I didn't prepare to do the outro music. What is it, on six? Yep, still got it. I can't see anything because I'm in the dark. You know what, I'll just have to use my fingernail again. This is the fingernail outro for uh, whatever with Christopher. All right, see you next time. Thank you.